Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Asband, our daf of the day, Masachikitin, daf Samach Zayin, page 67. So we're going to start a new parak in this on this daf, but I wanted to just um, talk something about methodology, I guess, of the different Tanayim. I know, Yerdena, you're going to chime in as well. Um, on the bottom, the middle of Amad Aleph, it says, Gufa Amar Shmuel Amar Rebbe. So we're, it's talking about what's previously gone and specifically in the halacha about delegating a shaliach to bring a get, whatever. But the point here, I'm going to read a little bit inside and we'll see exactly what's going on. Halachic Rebbe Yosid Amar Mili. So, first of all, right, it says that the halach is in accord with Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi's position was that you cannot appoint a shaliach simply, that verbal declarations cannot be appointed to a shaliach. So what I'm interested here is the way the halacha is being discussed in terms of authority of those who say it. Meaning specifically, once, you know, specifically once um, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Hanina of Ono, who had already talked about, right, where they've already said that uh, a verbal directive can be delegated to a shaliach, and that is a disagreement with Rabbi Yossi. Why is Rabbi Yehuda Nasi coming along to say that the halacha is in accord with Rabbi Yossi? And this is, you know, in part the statement of Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. And so we have a question then on, you know, by what authority is Rabbi Yehuda Nasi choosing the halacha in the way that he does? Amar Allah, so Rabbi Yehuda Nasi says to his son, Stok b'ni, stok lo so he says, be quiet, be quiet. You didn't see Rabbi Yossi. Meaning, if you had, if you had seen him, then you would understand that his his incisive reasoning here, you know, that accompanied, accompanied his statement. Meaning, so he was considered to be the most reliable because he had actually had this conversation with Rabbi Yossi. But in the meantime, like the, the defense of this is a strange thing because... Nobody else has seen it either. And so then we get this sidebar. I mean, all of this is kind of a sidebar after we've determined the psak itself, right? That Isi ben Yehuda, he would say the praise of the sages and he would characterize each of them. Rabbi Meir, Chacham Vesofer. Rabbi Meir was a scholar and a scribe. Rabbi Yehuda, Chacham Lekishir Rabbi Yehuda was a scholar when he chose to be one, which I think is a funny line. Rabbi Tarfon Gal Shal Eguzim. Rabbi Tarfon was a pile of nuts. What does that mean? He's a pile of nuts. Just the way that you could choose one, like you could choose a nut from the pile, and everything else will fall. So when a student would ask Rabbi Tarfon, right, they wanted to ask him a source, he would like they give they give him one question, and he would give him all the sources, right, because that's like all the nuts falling. Um, he was just a, a wealth of knowledge. Rabbi Yishmael Chanut Mizonet. Um, and Rabbi Yishmael was a, uh, a store that was well stocked. Rabbi Kiva Otser Balum. Rabbi Kiva was a storehouse that was full. Rabbi Yochanan Benuri Kupat Harochalim. Rabbi Yochanan Benuri was a peddler's basket. A rochal is a, a merchant or a, a, like a, a wandering merchant, so that's a peddler, right? Rabbi Lazar Ben Azaria Kupashel Bissamim. He, Rabbi Elazar Benazari has a basket of besamim, um, spices. Mishnah Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, Kav and Aki. Uh, the Mishnah that Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov taught was measured and 
clean, right? It was like a very clean kinds of statements came from him. And there we have Rebiosi, where his reasoning was together with the statements. Although, again, this is not really presented by Rebbe, by Rebbe Huda Nasi in the previous mention. So, and then Rebbe Shimon, who would grind much and remove little. That does not sound very complimentary, right? That he's working hard and getting little for it. Rebbe Shimon, um, so I'm going to leave it there and then I'll come back to talk for a bit more about the new parak. The Gemara goes on to explain a little bit more about Rabbi Shimon, right? Tana kima What he would forget was a little, was the chafe, meaning uh, it was the things you didn't need to remember. And Rabbi Shimon would say to his students, Banai, Shinu Midotai, Shemidotai, Trimot, Mitrimot, Midotav, Shel, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shimon would say to his students, My sons, you should accept my halachic rulings because my rulings are the finest of the fine, like Rabbi Akiva. So he wanted to connect himself to Rabbi Akiva. Um, and, you know, so just a very interesting way of describing many of the Tanaim and also that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is basically saying to his son, yes, some Tanaim, it's not that their Torah isn't good, but there are some whose halachic reasoning stood out more than others. And that's how we determine whose uh, halacha we're going to follow. I just want to, before we finish up this parak, um, just uh, mention, you know, the next part of the Gemara here, Gufa, right? It says, Amar lishtaim, imru right? If somebody says to two people, tell a scribe and he'll write the get and tell so-and-so and they'll sign it. Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav Kasher, Bisrael. So Rav Huna says the name Rav, it is valid. That is a kosher get, right? Even though it's telling a verbal direction to a shaliach, right? But it's not something that should be done lechatchila. Really, the husband should appoint the scribe and the witnesses. And then the Gemara goes on to explain why that is, right? So the first suggestion, I'm not going to read all this inside, is because maybe a woman will actually hire her own witnesses. In other words, um, you know, the, the, a woman could hire witnesses to tell a scribe to write a get and hire witnesses to sign it without her husband's knowledge. So she could sort of orchestrate her own get. The Gemara rejects that, that maybe that's not really a real issue. Um, and, uh, you know, it, and, and basically, uh, you know, it's interesting to see, uh, that, you know, what I thought was interesting about that is, is that, very often when we get into these issues about Kedushin and Get, there's a principle that we assume that women just want to be married. In other words, most women would choose to be married unhappily. Uh, they just want to stay married. And here, I just thought it was interesting to see that there's a lot of agency given to the woman here, that the Gemara entertains the notion that a woman may actually want to get divorced and orchestrate um, her own divorce. And that's a concern because we know a woman cannot actually initiate her divorce. So the Gemara went somewhere that I didn't expect, and I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I think that's an interesting observation. Thank you for pointing it out. Um, I just want to hit very quickly the new Mishnah, which is still on our daf in the new parak. Um, now, Kordaikus seems to be some kind of of afflict mental state. Um, I've seen it translated as temporary insanity, right? It's, it's somebody who is in the throes of this mental um, affliction. Um, so somebody who is in that state, somebody who, while in this state, says, write the get for my wife, he's not hearkened to, nobody, like, you're supposed to treat it as if he said nothing. But if somebody says, write a get for my wife, and then was afflicted, 
and then comes back while in the Kordaiku state, says, don't write it, right? Then the the then the fact that he says don't write it while he's in this state does not count for anything because he had first said do write it before he was afflicted and so it's that like what he says while he's lucid while he's himself that's what counts anything that's said in this kordaiku state does not count take in a case where a husband has become mute Right? And therefore, how can you point to Shaliach? And they come and they say to him, Shall we write a get for your wife? They hear Kin Brosho, and he nods his head, right? He indicates, Yes, yes. You check with him several times, three times specifically. You check with him other questions as well, right? Meaning the goal is to see, is his response what you would expect it to be with his yeses and his noes? And when you ascertain that his inability to speak has not afflicted his his mental acuity, then you go along with his his agreement that you should write the get because you see that he's in his you know, full, full cognizance, full, he knows what he's doing. Um, okay, we're gonna, the Gemara does get into, you know, what exactly is the nature of this Kordaikus, and we're gonna leave it here just because, in the interest of time. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. <laughs>